0: Those words welcomed visitors to tiny mud, an online virtual world contained in a beige computer the size of a mini-fridge squatting on the floor of a Pittsburgh graduate student's office. In 1990, hundreds of people from around the globe projected into the world over the Internet. Max, now a freshman at Boise State University, was one of them. The Internet was seven years old then and about 3 million people had access through a measly 300,000 host computers at defense contractors, military sites, and increasingly, colleges and universities. In academia, the net was once seen as too important to expose directly to undergraduates, but that was changing, and now any decent U.S. college allowed students online. MUDs, multi-user dungeons, became a favorite hangout. Like most everything else on the pre-web internet, a MUD was a purely textual experience, a universe defined entirely by prose and navigated by simple commands like north and south. Tiny MUD was distinct as the first online world to shrug off the Dungeons and Dragons-inspired rules that had shackled earlier MUDs. Instead of limiting the power of creation to select administrators and wizards, for example— Tiny mud granted all its inhabitants the ability to alter the world around them. Anyone could create a space of his own, define its attributes, mark its borders, and receive visitors. Inhabitants quickly anointed the user-created recreation room, the world's social hub, building off it until its exits and entrances connected directly to tiny mud spaces like Gondarl's Flat, Magic's Perversion Palace, and 200 other locales. Also gone from tiny mud was the D&D-style reward system that emphasized collecting wealth, finishing quests, and slaying monsters. Now, instead of doing battle with orcs and building up their characters' experience points, users talked, flirted, fought, and had virtual sex. It turned out that freeing the game from the constraints of Tolkien-esque roleplay made it more like real life and added to its addictive power. A common joke had it that mud really stood for multi-undergraduate destroyer. For Max, that would prove more than just a joke. At Max's urging, his girlfriend Amy had joined him in one of the tiny MUDs. The original at Carnegie Mellon University had closed in April, but by then the same free software was powering several successor MUDs scattered around the net. Max became Lord Max, and Amy took the name Cymoral, after a tragic heroine in Michael Moorcock's Elric of Melnibonet series of books and short stories, some of Max's favorites. In the stories, Simoral is the beloved of Elric, a weak albino transformed into a fearsome wizard emperor by dint of a magic sword called Stormbringer. To Max, the fictional sword was a metaphor for the power of a computer properly wielded, it might turn an ordinary man into a king. But for Elric, Stormbringer was also a curse. He was bound to the sword, fought to tame it, and was ultimately mastered by it instead. Elric's epic doomed romance with Cy Moral was very much of a piece with the fraught, uncompromising vision of romantic love Max had formed after its parents' divorce. Simoral meets her fate during a battle between Elric and his hated cousin Ircun. Simoral pleads with Elric to sheath Stormbringer and stop the fight, but Elric, possessed by rage, presses on, striking Ircun with a mortal blow. With his last breath, Ircun exacts a heartbreaking revenge, pushing Simoral onto the tip of Stormbringer. Then the dark truth dawned on his clearing brain, and he moaned in grief, like an animal. He had slain the girl he loved. The rune sword fell from his grasp, stained by Simoral's lifeblood, and clattered unheeded down the stairs. Sobbing now, Elric dropped beside the dead girl and lifted her in his arms. Simoral, he moaned, his whole body throbbing. Simoral, I have slain you. When she first met Max, Amy thought he was cool, rebellious, and kind of punky, different from the usual Boise crowd.